This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners some real facts, real stats about our local market. You wouldn't go into a football game without a well-prepared game plan. Or maybe today I should say a baseball game without a well-prepared game plan. As a Dodger fan, I'm, uh, I'm wondering. But anyway, real estate's no different. You need a good game plan to uh, get into the real estate market. And, of course, the realtors are here to help you with that. And speaking of here to help, we brought in a realtor extraordinaire from all the way from San Jose, Jim Hamilton. He's a past president of the California Association of Realtors. But more importantly for today's discussion, he's a realtor that helps buyers and sellers on a daily basis up in the Bay Area. And we're going to pick his brain and, um, and, and learn a lot from him. And it's not your first time here, is it, Jim? No, and it's just going to say, Don, don't pick too hard because there's not much left. So <laughs> I'll, I'll share what I can. We'll let the listeners be the judge of that. <laughs> How's that? That sounds good. <laughs> I, and I got to tell you a good story about Jim, how willing he is to help. Um, this is probably, what, your third or fourth time on the show? I think it's probably fifth or sixth, actually. Fifth or sixth. Yeah. Okay. So. Every time I've said, now, Jim, you don't have to drive from San Jose. You can call into the show. No way he's got to drive here. So he's live in the studio. And uh, it's just to see your smiling face. Ah, there you go. (laughs) All right. So tell us what um, let's get first of all, get into the uh, the market that you see in the Bay Area. And I'd like to compare it to what we see here in the Central Valley. So what are you seeing? Is it a buyer's market, a seller's market, a changing market up in the Bay Area? <clears throat> yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to define, Don, because <clears throat> if you looked at the numbers. So first of all, historically, we saw appreciation that we've never seen at any point in our lives. Uh, just off the charts, huge appreciation over the last few years. <clears throat> going forward, based on the activity, you think it was a seller's market because we're still way down on our, on our listings to create a, a buyer's market. But based on the activity on the buy side, you think it was a buyer's market. So <clears throat> there's some confusion out there, but there's some really interesting things of why it is what it is. Because the market has shifted, traditionally sellers... Listen, I was like, hey, I've made mine. I need to go. <clears throat> but you've had historic interest rates at under 3%, 30-year fixed. So, And you have capital gains at capped at 500000 for a couple. So take this scenario. I'm in my house. I want to downsize. I've got a 3% fixed, 30-year fixed. I bought my house for 500000 Now it's worth $2 bucks, which is not unusual, by the way. <clears throat> so uh, I get my in the Bay Area. In the Bay Area, sorry. So I get my five hundred thousand exemption. Now I've got to pay capital gains on a million dollars. And I'm gonna go buy my downsize house at six percent, six and a half percent. So more than double what I have. 
So I may be in a smaller house in a different area, but yet I may be paying more for it than the house I have now. Why would I move? So people are kind of locked into their houses. Okay? Um, and if I'm not 55, I get to pay that higher property tax as well. So there's a whole bunch of things, <clears throat> excuse me, the dynamics that are working from keeping people from putting on their house on the market. But what we are seeing, price changes in listing. We're seeing adjustments all over the place. You also have sellers that still think that it's last year that I can have 10 offers on my property, which is not unusual then. Um, and my price is still gonna be more than what my neighbor sold for. So a big part of it, just as in your market, it's about educating your clients. Yeah. And being realistic. That is so important to have a good discussion with your realtor and be realistic and don't just go for all the hype. Oh yeah, I can sell your house. Um, it and, and you'll get that too, guaranteed. Yeah, but here's what I'm seeing is that the seller has to be back at the negotiating table now. Um, you, you know, maybe six months or a year ago, you didn't even have to mow the lawn. And, and you, You'd sit back, put your house on the market, seven days later, have five offers sitting in front of you for more than list price and say, hey, which one do I want? You're absolutely right, that market is gone. It still happens, but not very often. But one thing I would tell you, Don, for the sellers out there, what the buyers are expecting today is I move into that house. I don't wanna paint it, I don't wanna remodel it, I don't wanna have to mow the lawn. I want, when I pull up to that house, I want it to look pristine, and I don't wanna have to do a lot of work on it. So what I'm hearing you say is that we're returning to normal? Well, I'm not sure what normal looks like anymore, but yes, as normal as it gets, that's that's where we're at. So, well, well how um, long have you been in the business? <laughs> I, I hesitate to say, probably longer than some of your listeners have been alive. I will celebrate my 40th year next year. All right. Well, I started when I was six. So you've seen a lot of different markets, absolutely, and some ups, some downs, some normals. Um, although it hasn't been normal for a while. I, I, that old exp the, the the new old expression the, the new normal mm -hmm. I don't know what that new normal means um, and and the reality is when it comes to your home that you're going to purchase everybody has a different normal everybody has different needs and different <clears throat> timing um, but I'll I'll take you back to when you talk about the market and where it's at I'll take you back to when we uh, first met on this radio show, which was probably around 2009 or 2010, somewhere there. Yeah, we started in 2009. Yeah, so, so there you go. So one of the, you know, one of your first shows. And as soon as you heard about this show, you wanted to be I had to be, be here. I yeah. had to be here. It's so popular. Um, not me, the show, and you. Uh, but what it's interesting what we talked about. We can talk about the exact same thing today. Nothing has changed in that dynamic. Okay. Interesting. You know, why, why do you buy a home in the first place? Over the last few years, we've gotten caught up in, I'm gonna buy a house and make a, money, make, make a bunch of money. I'm gonna make a bunch of money. That's why I wanna buy a house. It's, oh, it's a great financial investment. It is, it is proven fact across this country. <clears throat> One of the greatest wealth builders for the average American is home ownership, okay? But that's not the primary reason to buy a house. And we talked about this back in 2009 when the market was not doing great. 
Why do you buy a house in the first place? Is money important? Yes. Is the financial part of it important? Yes. But it should not be the motivating factor. You want me to prove that to you? Yeah. Right Go now? Go ahead. Okay. I'll talk to you as if I was sitting to somebody going to talk about buying a house, especially first time. If financial was the most important thing to you, okay, you have a couple kids. You're going to put them in schools. You can buy a house that may not have great schools. I mean, actually, let's, let's just say poor schools. We have, a, we have a neighborhood in San Jose. The homes are gorgeous. The schools, for some reason, have never done well. Very low scores. Poor performing. Very poor performing. But you'd, you'd make good money on buying the house. Would you buy that house if, you kids, if your kids had to go to school there? No. Of course not. And so, but, but if it's all about money, you can make really good money in this neighborhood. Well, why wouldn't you buy it if financial is the f- most important thing? Because, because you want your kids to be in a good school. financial is not the most important That's exactly thing. Family right. is. That's exactly right. Well, whether it's family or whatever is personal to you, whatever is important to you in that home. Here's another. I, I love this one where I got a great deal on a house. Oh, my gosh. I did so much better. I really scored big. But I hate the house. When you're writing that check every month on your mortgage payment, you're not going to sit there and write that check and say, boy, I really hate this house, but boy, I got a great deal on it because I'm paying less a month than I would have on this other house. That's, that's silly, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's easy for us to have this discussion. It's easy for you to think that way sitting here, but when you're in the trenches and looking out there, if you don't have the mindset going in of what's most important to you, it gets really confusing. That's where your realtor can come in and help counsel you on that. But you need to take responsibility for that and understand why you're buying a home in the first place. What's the most important thing? Sometimes you need to buy in a neighborhood or buy a house that may not be the end-all, be-all dream home that I'm going to live here forever. Sometimes you need to get on that housing rung and get on that first step, knowing that this will get me to where I need to be. If you don't start, you'll never get to the finish line. So start where you can start. Yeah, and I'll give you a good example. It's a personal one. Um, I bought a home many years ago, and I was concerned about the payment. A little fearful. Um, Of course, at that time, interest rates, I think they were around 11%. Uh, Anyway, I I went for the three-bedroom home rather than the four-bedroom home because it was a little bit cheaper. In fact, at the time, it was the three bedroom was one hundred and five thousand when the four bedroom was one hundred and ten. But like I said, I was fearful, so went for the smaller home, even though I knew we would need a fourth bedroom. And sure enough, three years later, we had to move because it just it didn't fit our needs. So I let fear get in the way of of um, doing what we needed. I'll give you the same example. We're living at the, my wife and I were living at the beach. We're like three doors off the sand. This is in Southern California in, in Hermosa Beach. We're paying $550 a month in rent, just loving life. This house comes available. And our and interest rates were 14% at the time. So it goes back a few years. Uh, our payment was going to go to about $1,400 a month from where we were, living at the beach. Now we're a mile from the beach. It's like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? Um, and I had just started in real estate. 
my wife was working in aerospace, and we said, okay, if real estate doesn't do, do well, we can always squeak by on yours, what you're doing, but we need to get in, we need to start, okay? So we bought the house, and we could have bought it a year before that for less, and now a year later it's more, it's like, oh my gosh, that was so stupid, why did we buy this house? But we got in, a year later, my wife is pregnant with our first son, she stops working, my real estate career took off and we never looked back and now we laugh. A $1,400 a month house payment was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> I would lo love to have that again. Um, and, and we still own that house today, as a matter of fact. We kept it as an income property all these years okay. later. It, and I think when people look at the finances, you have to factor time in there. So I think you used the example uh, the other day when I was talking to you, you use the example if you bought a home in 2007 after three years you weren't too happy with the numbers right but if you went gave it the test of time you're still in it today you're looking good no you look like a genius yeah so yeah the the analogy i love this analogy of that it if, if you're buying a house for the momentary time i'm going to be here for a year or two or three years don't do it Real estate's not liquid. You can't just do it and change your mind and move. It's long-term, but we can talk about this some more. Okay, and when we get back from our uh, first commercial break, we're also gonna make an announcement that involves the children of our community. So uh, stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and our guest came all the way from San Jose today. So, our, well, actually not today, but for the day. <laughs> um, and that's why the, the intro music, Do You Know the Way to San Jose? Um, hopefully you do so you can <clears throat> leave town. And all I can say is thank goodness for GPS. Yeah. There you go. Find my way home. Um, okay. I did mention that we're going to be announcing uh, something very important to the school-aged children of our community. And it's, I have to admit we're doing it today because I stole the idea from you many years ago. So we're going to get into that. But I want you to finish the story first that we, that we sure. had to go to our commercial break about purchasing a home in 2007. So one of the things that I do when I sit down with a buyer, uh, getting ready to go through the process, and by the way, when I sit down with a client, it's usually about a three-hour process before we ever even get a house. There's a lot of counseling that needs to take place. There's a lot of things that you need to go through. It, and I know it's gonna sound like a commercial, but it's not intended that way. You need that trusted counselor to help you out. There's so many pitfalls that you're gonna run into. And, and besides that, you sometimes don't even know what you really want to buy in your mind you think you do, but you end up buying something else down the line. And that's what your realtor helps you figure out up front as opposed to going through a whole frustrating process to figure it out. So when you look at home ownership, it's not a short-term thing. I'm not going to buy a stock today and trade it tomorrow. Okay, So it doesn't matter what the market's doing. What matters is what kind of home, what kind of house do you want? How do I prove that? So you bought a house in 2007. 
market goes down 30, 40% over the next couple of years. Like, oh my gosh, does it feel good? No. But something that always makes me laugh is, oh my gosh, I've lost so much money. Are you selling your house tomorrow? No. You haven't lost a thing. It went up 40%. Oh, this is great. Are you selling your house tomorrow? No. Well, you haven't really made money. One feels better than the other, but they both mean the same thing. It means nothing because you're not selling your house. But you bought a house in 2007, market was down 40%, and you're like, oh, this is horrible. You hold the house, let's fast forward to 2017. You look like a genius because the house has gone back up so much. Real estate always. I can't predict the future. I can't say what happens tomorrow. But I can tell you I look at historical data all the time. And there's never, ever been a market that went down that didn't come back way beyond where it started. Okay, That's just fact. Why? Because in this country, it's called the American dream. And the American dream is alive and well. Everybody wants their own little piece of the world. And that's called homeownership. And that will never go away. Yeah. That's why my parents came to America to own a home. And, and, and I just had some clients this year. This was the greatest feeling. I said, why did you move to Fresno? Because we want to own a home. And they, they, their jobs were the same as they had in Los Angeles, but they knew they couldn't afford one there. So they came here and they are so grateful. And, you know, they now own their chunk of ground. Uh, it's, it's a, about a fifth of an acre um, and got a three bedroom home on it and a place for their kids to run around and they're excited. Well, I'll tell you, my son, my oldest son, it kind of breaks my heart, but I'm happy for him. They were living in Santa Cruz, got priced out of the market. His wife's parents lived up um, right on the Columbia River in Washington. They moved on the Oregon side to Hood River, gonna buy a house, very affordable there. Well, what happens, the pandemic hits. So everybody from Portland left and came out to Hood River because they could work remote. Prices shot up, so they got priced out there. So luckily, her parents have land. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, said, here, why don't you build a house? And they gave them a piece of property, and they're just about to break ground. And uh, they're going to be homeowners here very, very soon. So, All right. But, but yeah, they got priced out of the market, and they went where it was affordable, where they could actually afford to go. The reason I tell you that story, Don, is around Fresno, it's not just Fresno, there's a lot of communities around here too. So you might have to drive a little bit further to, to find that right house. You might have to commute a little bit to work, but keep in mind that can be short term too, as far as, when I say short term, I don't mean six months, mm -hmm. but you get on that first rung with the ultimate goal of here's where I wanna be, this is where I wanna live the rest of my life. You've gotta start wherever you can that makes sense financially and the home you want and the schools you want, all those things that play into it, but start somewhere. Yeah, here's a good one for starting. My cousin who lives in Rome, Italy comes to visit here and he says, Don, I wanted you to show me a million dollar home, which I, I know in San Jose, that's nothing. But Great, great accent, Don. Yeah, I, I've, <laughs> I've practiced a lot. <laughs> anyway, so, he first I showed him like a two hundred thousand dollar home, and he said, "Well, what's the payment on this?" So I gave him the amount, and then when we looked at the million dollar home, he says, "What's the payment on this?" I said, "About the same." What? How could that be? I said, "Because here in America, people 
usually move up. You know, they, they buy their first starter home and it's a payment that they barely can afford, but they, they do it. And then they move, they get a little equity in that home. They move it to the next home and the next home. So by the time they buy that million dollar forever home, um, they're probably paying 800,000 cash down from, from their equity. <clears throat> That's the magic word in real estate. It's called leverage. You know, if I buy stock for a million dollars, I pay a million dollars. If I buy a million dollar house with real estate, I might put a hundred thousand dollars or 200,000, not a million. And that way I let the market increase my equity, still make my same house payment, but you're right, you take that equity now and trade it in the next house. And when you're all said and done, that $200,000 house turns into a million dollar house for the same payment. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of leverage in real estate. Okay, I do wanna make that announcement now about uh, something that the Fresno Association of Realtors is doing and we're kicking it off today on Welcome Home Radio with Mr. Jim Hamilton here because we stole the idea from you. <laughs> so in, I remember when you were president of the California Association of Realtors, you had a uh, contest called the Homewards Essay Contest. Now, this isn't the first time we've done it here locally. We did it a couple of years ago, and I think about three or four years before that, we did it again. So, but starting today and going through November 15th, school-aged children from uh, grades 12 and down um, can write a 150-word essay, and the, the topic is what my home means to me. Um, and there will be prizes awarded. Um, I'll get into the prizes later. I have to get that approved by the board of directors first, but, but we're, there will be prizes um, for the kids, the winners. Um, a couple of years ago, we did this, and one of the little kids that came on, she came on the radio show and talked about it. Her mom tells me to this day that that made such a difference in her child that she just blossomed after that because um, I remember her getting on the radio here and putting the headsets on and she just looks up and goes, Hollywood, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> but it was um, just a great, there was so much for us adults to learn from the kids what a home really means. So in fairness, I have to tell you it was not my program. Don't uh, tell me you stole it too. Well, actually, I, I moved it forward, shall we say. The Bay East Association sponsored a housing summit with a whole bunch of other associations, and they all got involved in it. And it was incredibly successful, but they kicked off that program. And <clears throat> this goes back a lot of years, and you're going to make me get choked up here, Don. So great. I'm glad, I'm glad there's no cameras on right now. Uh, but the young man who won the contest... I mean, you talk about seeing the world through eyes of a child and and really, this is not not intended as a pun, bringing it home. He was homeless. <clears throat> um, he and his mother and his brother moved from hotel to hotel. To, I can't even do this. <clears throat> from hotel to hotel to hotel. And um, even at one point, his brother 
tried to go live with somebody else and he just didn't understand why. This is all in this essay. And they finally got a place that they could stay. And his saying was, I didn't have to unpack my suitcase one more time. Mm-hmm. When I came home at night, I had my own bedroom. And I got to tell you, and I, I'm not doing him justice at all the way he said it, but I was so moved by that story and what the simple idea of having some place that I can come home. It's not about, this wasn't about owning a house. This wasn't about having the nicest house on the street. This was just about some place I could come home and, and know I wasn't going to have to move tomorrow to another hotel room. I had that young man come to our associations when I was president and stand in front of 850 people, our board of directors, and read his story. And he immediately got a standing ovation from the board of directors. I still can't do this. I'm getting choked up. I'm sorry. I was um, in attendance that day. I remember that. That, the, the, the best part of this story, about three months later, I got a call from his teacher because I had the teacher come too. So they had classrooms, like do this as an assignment for their class, okay? So the whole class sent something in. And a number of classes did this. But I had, a t- I had his mom and his teacher come to that meeting, okay? She called me about three months later and said, you have no idea the impact that's made on that young man. His grades have gone up. He stands taller. He's prouder. I got to tell you, you want to have an impact on your life. Do your essay story. I, I think that is incredible. You guys are doing that. And I hope a few of those get to get read on the You get to read those on the air because... Oh, we they're will. very impactful. Yeah. And, and here's what I'll do for you. you didn't, Don does not know I was going to do this. This means enough to me that I don't know if it adds a whole lot, but I'll add 250 bucks out of my own pocket for prizes. Wow. That Don, means didn't, Don make... didn't know I was going to do that, but that's how much it means to me. Well, thank you, Jim. That's kind of you. And um, uh, I'll have to match you on that. Uh-oh. So I, I, I hope there's a lot of kids listening right now saying, Mom, can I have a piece of paper and a pen? Yeah, it's, <laughs> and start writing. Now, here's how you do it uh, with the help of your parents, because we do need parental consent. Um, go to FresnoRealtors.com. That's our website, and you're going to see the, the page there for the Homewards Essay Contest. You click on that. You would actually fill it out online. Um, now, I'm a little old school. I'd say, well, write it down first and work on it and practice, then then input it into our, our form. It's on Google Forms. But um, uh, that's how you do it, FresnoRealtors.com. Uh, I'm going to spell Realtors, R-E-A-L-T-O-R-S.com. reason I spell it is so many people add letters in there. And by the way, I, I want to be clear on this too, Don. Like telling the story about this young man. Okay, I've recomposed myself for a little bit, so I can actually talk now. Um, th- this was a young man who was homeless, and that's—I mean—that really hits your heart hard. Yeah. But for the kids who might be listening to this, or the parents who are listening to this, that you want to have your child write a story, they can have lived in the same house their entire life. Okay, that's just as meaningful for them as well about what that means. I mean, you think about it as kids. 
it's our house. It's where we grew up. We don't know anything different. It's just, yeah, that's normal. That's what it's supposed to be. But even then, each one of those has, you'd be surprised, each one of those has a different story about their house and what that means. And again, for all the parents who are listening out there, and even if you're not a parent, hearing these stories through the eyes of a child really brings it home. Really, really makes you stop and think about sometimes it's such a simple thing, but it's so deep about homeownership. So I, I applaud you guys for doing this. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And when we did this in 2020, we, and we did it then because the classes were locked down. And um, so we wanted to give the kids something meaningful to do while they're at home staring at their computer anyway. Um, it home was home a, meant a real different thing then too, didn't for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> it's my office. It's my playground. It's, it's yeah. The ownership of a home, actually, whether you owned or rented or whatever, the whole sense of what my home became because of that pandemic was such a mind shift. It's amazing for all of us. Yeah. And you know what the adults learned from the kids was that it wasn't about appreciation. The home wasn't about your interest rate. It was about fun, security, being warm, uh, at night it, it and that's what a home is all about so with that thought we do need to go to our next commercial break but stay tuned to welcome home radio 940 kyno won't take nothing but a memory from the house that built me welcome back to welcome home radio this is don scordino your host and here in the studio with us we have jim hamilton a realtor from the bay area um san jose los gatos more specifically um and we are going to talk about the differences in our market so i want to start off with this one during the high times let's let's go back a year from now um so towards the end of 2021 here in the central valley i think the highest that i heard of is that a home went fifty thousand dollars over the asking price i'm going to suspect fifty thousand dollars was nothing in the san jose market or the bay area market it might get you a chuckle (laughs) that's not nice so um yeah don i mean that was a good one jim (laughs) So the Bay Area is made up of a lot of different communities and depending on where you are. So my office is in Los Gatos, but I handle a lot of communities in the area. Um, You take areas like Saratoga, um, Cupertino, Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale is, for those you don't know, the uh, Apple campus, the new Apple campus is right in the heart of Sunnyvale, which you can imagine what it does to prices when Apple's parked there. You've got Google, you've got Facebook, they're all there. So you have a lot of high-tech people who make a lot of money. So with that in mind, uh, you can just go back January to May of this year, and the appreciation factor was just off the charts, across the board, some much more than others. But I'm doing this for dramatic pause. It was not surprising. how. So the typical was you put the house on the market, and... Unfortunately, a lot of realtors played the game of underpricing it somewhat to get a lot of activity, activity, which I think is really unfair to the buyer out there. 
um, but it's the game that was played. Um, so you might have a house that was listed for $2 million. And it's really, compared to the comps, was comparables was probably two, 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 three. But it's listed at $2 million, put on the market, say, offer date seven days later. Seven days. Sometimes three days after it goes on the market. They might get 10, 15 offers on that house. And it could go two, three, four, five, six hundred thousand over. Don, hundred thousand, hundred thousand. I have seen offers that were over a million dollars over the list price. Wow! And people bought them. Okay. Now the 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 downside of that too is there was things that took place. I, I'd have buyers, and I'd try and counsel them the best I can. Of like, wait a minute, you understand you're buying way future value, okay? If the market continues to grow, you're going to be fine. But if it doesn't, you're going to be in here for a long time before you catch up. And they will. But at what point do you say, this doesn't make sense? How about buying a house with no inspections on them? Mm. Good luck. You're buying a house as is. Seller does their disclosures about what they know about the house. But last time I checked, most sellers don't climb under the house. They don't climb up in the attic. They don't know what to look for. So you're buying this house hoping for the best doesn't work out so well. So it was a very frenetic time in our market. Um, thank goodness that has calmed down now. Um, but I'd have, I've had buyers that would sit there, you know, up to a year and a half, eight, nine, 10 offers and very frustrated. Uh, but they hung in there. They all eventually found the right house. Uh, but yeah, we had just crazy, crazy market. Well, that's something we have in common, uh, your market and our market, because it did take sometimes eight, nine times to offers to get a home, sometimes a year, year and a half, but they, they ended up getting them. Uh, they, well, Don, you know, that happened across the whole country, and which is first time I ever known in history, because you'll have areas that are hot and just really crank and get going, and, and then you have other markets that are kind of stagnant and, or maybe minor appreciation. This took the whole country up, every place. You had ridiculously low interest rates. Hey, I took advantage of it. Of course I did. I refinanced my house. I have. And uh, even on an income property, it's my, my properties were down around 3.5%. Of course I'm going to take advantage of that. Well, what happens? Interest rates come way down. I can afford a lot more. And, and you have woefully short inventory as it is. There's not enough houses being built. And I, when I say houses, I want to I be careful with that too. I say that in a generic sense. That means condos, townhouses, and if you're if you're buying, when I say home ownership, that includes all that. For some people, a townhouse is exactly the right thing for them. So it encompasses all that. But everything went up across the country and went up in dramatic form. Well, <laughs> when we were seeing in our area, in some cases, up to 40% appreciation in a year, when an average is four to 5%, that's sustainable, obviously something's gonna give someplace. It had to. And so now we're seeing that. But big surprise, we've got all this inflation going on in this country. Well, we make it really easy for people to buy way beyond what they should be doing. And here's the good news about that, by the way. So people think that the sky is falling. Let's talk about that for a moment. It's 2008 all over again. No, it's not. We have never in the history of this country had people who own homes had more equity in their houses than ever in history. 
So the, the, the sins of 2008 actually are protecting us today. So in 2008, you had, um, you had interest rates that you qualified at one rate, but your rate was actually much higher. You had negative amortized loans. You had no qualify loans. I mean, if you could basically fog a mirror, in some case, I don't even think that was required. You got a loan, 100% financing. In some cases, 103% financing to quote unquote fix up your house. And lenders were, there's great lenders out there, but unfortunately there's a lot of them that were not so great that talked you into doing things you shouldn't do. Again, I can't afford it's gonna crash. Today, most people are putting 20% down. The market has increased, so it's taken their equity up even further. They have very low interest rates on their house. They're not gonna walk away from them. And nobody's losing their jobs, which we did back in 2008. So that's not gonna happen. In fact, we were just at our, as you were with me, at our state convention down in Long Beach, and we had our chief economist, which every time this year, kind of predicts where the market's gonna go, and he said the same thing. The sky's not falling, it's not gonna fall. Um, you're gonna have some, you're gonna have some price, appreci- uh, price adjustments across the market, which you're already seeing, but it is not the end of the world. So earlier in the show, you actually gave the perfect answer why, uh, even though you weren't addressing the difference between 2008 and now, but you said people have the, those low interest rate loans, 3%, 30-year fixed. Um, they're not gonna move. That's because they're stable. They're, they're, they're in a good spot. Um, and that, that's different than 2008. In 2008, very common to have a thing called a balloon payment. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, some of the lenders would say, oh, you know, don't worry about this adjustable rate in the balloon payment because in five years you can always refinance. Well, it turned out they couldn't refinance uh, because the value went down and if they if they didn't put any money down they were in at a hundred percent loan to value and, and don even, sorry to interrupt but even if the value didn't go down the problem was i'm going to qualify you at one and a half or two percent and the loan i'm getting then was really four or five percent i barely squeaked in to qualify at one and a half or two percent well guess what happens a year or two later you're you go to the real interest rate, your payment shoots three or four times up, you could barely afford the one that wasn't even real. Well, what's gonna happen? Now, remember what we talked about earlier, and this really comes home to roost. People were buying in 2005, six, seven, and eight for money. Not because it's the perfect home for me, it's the perfect home for my, my significant other or my family or whatever. It's all about the money, we're gonna get rich. And we did a great, Realtors didn't, but again, kind of, I, I'm not painting a picture of really bad lenders here, but they were, some of them, um, painted this picture of get rich now. And what also took place then was you are rich now. Why wait until you retire to buy that boat or go on that European vacation? Take the equity of your house. Turn your house into an ATM machine. We had the perfect storm. That's not taking place today. By the way, you are seeing ads where, again, hey, take out an equity line on your house. Go buy that boat today. Go buy that new car. You deserve it. Don't buy into it. Your house is not an ATM machine and never should be. It's long-term growth. 
Thank you so much, Jim, for saying it that way. And a few years back, our local association did a survey on where did those foreclosures come from in uh, 07, 08, and 09. 51% of the foreclosures came from cash-out refis. It wasn't from buying too much home. It was from pulling cash out to pay for everyday living expenses like your credit cards. You know, the thing you bought dinner at dinner on last week uh, or bought me breakfast on this morning. Uh, all right. That you're paying on that 30 years later now. So, it well, Don, the, the breakfast I bought for you this morning, hopefully I don't have to refinance my house for it, So it's OK. <laughs> all right. We do have to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And on the road again is Mr. Jim Hamilton, of, uh, a realtor in the Bay Area and also past president of the California Association of Realtors, but a good friend of our local association. He's been here many times on the show before. We can't, cannot keep him away. He, he likes this show. Um, Jim, I, I also want to go back to the Homewards Essay Contest, an idea that I have to admit I stole from you. I, I saw you did that some years back and thought, wow, that's a good one. So once again, school-aged children, uh, and it'll be in three categories, high school kids, uh, then sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and then fifth grade and under. In those categories, uh, we're gonna be accepting essays that you can, uh, your child can fill, the, fill it out online if you go to fresnorealtors.com, fresnorealtors.com, and, um, Go, scroll down, you'll see the Homewards Essay Contest. It starts today and goes through November 15th. And then we're going to have a panel of judges sift through all of them and pick the winners in those three categories. And um, there's already prize money out there for the kids. There's also, uh, we're gonna have them here on the show to um, tell us their story. but. The topic is, what does my home mean to me? Um, and, and we're going to hear from the kids why a home is important. And we didn't say home ownership or rental home. Uh, we said their home. So uh, what's that old expression? A house is four walls, but a home is where you live. Wow. Can I write that one down? I like that. Yeah. I just I think I misquoted it, but That's you still okay. liked it. So. I did. Uh, you know, Don, I think that was really important that you emphasize that too, that, you know, what a home means to me is not anything to do with, I don't, I'm a kid, I don't own a house. It's, it's where I live. And that's what this story should be about. So if, if you're, if your kids, you're living in a rental right now or whatever, that's got nothing to do with it. It's what home means. And why I'd encourage you as parents to have your kids write these essays, a couple of things. One, you might get some insights to your kids about your kids. Uh, but more importantly, them sharing their stories is going to help all of us. Um, it, it's it's so important for these kids to get involved in this, and and not so much for the sake of the kids. They feel the way they feel, 
Um, and they're going to be honest in, in, in what they write. Um, and let them write their own story. I, I know sometimes you help with the homework. And this one, you can, you can help get them going, but let them write their own story. Uh, but sharing those stories grounds all of us. So I encourage you, deeply encourage you to have your kids get involved in this. Right, and that's important. You may learn something about your kids. We had an essay a couple of years ago where uh, the young girl said that home is where she feels safe from all the bullies at school. Her mom didn't, and, parent, and father didn't know that it was affecting yeah. her that much. Uh, so that was her expressing herself. Great point. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. And so excellent point and that once again what my home means to me there's a bonus question in there and that is uh what i like about my school the most so you can answer that one too but that that one's for fun the the prizes are going to be judged off the one what does my home mean to me and the purpose of this is we're going to learn from the children what us what us adults need to know is important about a home it's not about the interest rate. It's not about the the uh, appreciation rate or the loan to value. It, it's about the security. It, it, it gets pretty basic. It gets pretty basic. Yeah. Yeah. What do you remember most about your boyhood home, Jim? Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> uh, I there, threw you on that one. You didn't know no, that. No, I didn't know it was coming. Uh, well, there were seven kids, six boys. So we started out in a two-bedroom, one-bath house, and as the family grew, they literally built a bunkhouse, a third-bedroom under the house. We had uh, a patio that we eventually eventually enclosed into a family room, leaked like a sieve, buckets all over the place when it rained, but it didn't matter. It was still home. Uh, but the bunkhouse had three sets of bunk beds in it, and I think probably one of the things I remember most is my sister who was second to if she's hearing this story right now she's going to kill me but uh, she was second to the youngest and she had her own room now as young boys you don't think about the differences it's like wait a minute i'm older than she is why does she get her own room that's not fair uh so it's fun but <clears throat> we would fight like cats and dogs um but if anybody touched one of the other brothers big big mistake so <laughs> Um, but you know, it's funny you should say that, Don. I mean, it, you just took me back so far. And again, I, my parents owned their house. It wasn't my dad, you know, was a, a factory worker, worked up through the ranks and ended up running a division in his company. But we were never wealthy, especially with seven kids. We made ends meet. But it's what I knew. I didn't know rich, I didn't know poor. I knew my family, but I knew it's where I lived. I knew, and what you brought up earlier, I knew I was safe. No matter what happened to me outside of there, I could always come home. Now, sometimes it wasn't so safe with my older brother, but that's a whole different story. Yeah, or my to, sisters. He used to beat me I'm saying that because I know my sister's listening today. <laughs> <laughs> but we're still great. We still love each other, you know, and, and we're still very close. So, But that's what home was. It's where you came home. All right, we got about 30 seconds left. Jim, what do you want people to remember most about today's show? Where we started a lot of years ago, okay? What home ownership is and what it means. Get in wherever you need to get in. Get in, start up that ladder. 
You will never regret it. And as we move through our lives and get a little bit later in our lives, you're going to look back and say, that's the best decision I ever made. And it's not about the money. Thank you so much, Mr. Jim Hamilton from Compass Realty all the way from San Jose. And to all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in every Saturday. We really appreciate you. And we'll be back again next week. We have Assemblyman Jim Patterson going to be on the show with us. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week.